are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Turn your Bible to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. I read a number of these chapters. I marked some verses I want to share with you tonight, beginning at verse... 7 of chapter 52. I believe we'll read verse 1. He said, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth I shall no more come unto thee, the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you've sold yourselves for naught. Ye shall be redeemed without money. Notice, he's telling Jerusalem to shake herself and get out of the dust and to sit down. You know, sitting is a regal position. That's what the king does. You don't find the king standing. He's sitting. There come a day, though Jerusalem has gone through some tremendous uh, reverses and been ravaged by the heathen, but there'll come a time when Jerusalem will enter her own. I've been offered, um, and I've been asked and invited, and people have offered to share my expenses to uh, the land of Palestine, where old Jerusalem used to have her walls, but uh, I've never felt impressed to go. I've never had one desire. Fact is, I don't believe you could pay me to go to Jerusalem, to Palestine, to the Sea of Galilee, and to the places. That may be all right for somebody else, but there's coming a day when I do want to go, and I will go. When Jerusalem is restored, and when the king comes back, it won't be King David of Jesse's family. It'll be King Jesus of the royal family. And he'll be the one. And so, uh, we all have that to look forward to. And in verse 7 now, this is one of the verses I want to give you to know. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. That's present tense. Thy God reigneth. He said, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, publisheth peace. What is that? That's Jesus. He's our peace. We publish Jesus by the way we live, by the way we talk, by the way that we walk. Now then, verse 11. Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that by the vessels of the Lord. Now who bears the vessels of the Lord? Every Christian. Every Christian. You know the greatest challenge on holiness? He said, be ye holy for I'm holy. Isn't it strange that people think that Christians today can compromise with the world because everybody else is? I was shocked when I got a telephone call from friends of this city and uh, their daughter is about 
to be married. And uh, there is a cheap movement on today that's going to mix and mingle with young people, but it's not going to change their lives. I believe, and I say it again, that when people are converted, they ought to be clean inside and out. I believe Christians ought to dress like Christians. I said that she's standing on the school ground and she had a full-length dress. I mean, it is just down below her knees. And I thought, my, she looks so much like a lady. Say what you please, dear friend. God's people don't have to look like the world to win the world. And uh, just like a little girl came in up in Detroit, they drove her 200 miles to get to visit with us. And she's facing the penitentiary, the prison. The judge said she's going. She's coming before the court. And uh, when she walked into the motel where we had gathered for uh, the closing of the day, the quartet was there, and they were fixing to go to their room, and I wanted them to meet her and to know her. And when she looked at them, she immediately rebelled. She was the bitterest girl you've ever seen in your life. And uh, I said, after they left, I said, uh, did you... Think they look stupid? She said, I sure did. That's how blind people can get. Happiest four little old girls I've ever seen in my life or ever traveled with. And there they were. Said they're just stupid. And yet they had the joy. She had the sadness and the badness. One of the wickedest girls I've ever met since I've been living. And she said, do you mean I'd have to wear that kind of a dress if I came to that home? I said, uh, you guessed it the first time. I don't believe that that's all there is to righteousness, but I believe that what we look like on the outside ought to be sort of a picture of what's going on on the inside. Mr. J. Edgar Hoover has gone to meet the Lord. Many preachers have quoted J. Edgar Hoover. Let me quote him. Will you do that? He said, Women and mothers, please put some clothes back on. He made an appeal to the nation, and they published it. And he said, since the ladies have quit looking like ladies, and since the miniskirt came out, we've had nothing but a decline in immorality. So maybe you ought to remember what... Uh, he wasn't a preacher. I talked to the sheriff. I was in his office, and he looked at me, and he said, You know, Jed Hoover came just that close to being a preacher. He said, I knew him real well. Been with him many times. And I suppose one of the best-known men in the world. I don't know all about him, but I know one thing. He said some powerful things. And I'd hate to think that uh, I didn't have as much conviction as the head of the Federal Investigation Bureau. And that was Mr. Jed Hoover. I wonder how much further we're going to go in uh, the destruction of our young people. We've come to the place that you take the church. I saw people in our services, in our Baptist churches, when the women didn't have on any dress. I mean, they had on slacks and so forth. And I saw others that were improperly clad. And uh, that used not to be so. That used to not be so. And so uh, I believe he said, put on thy, what did he say? Put on my beautiful garments. 
Now you know the most beautiful garment is the garment of salvation. And when the father saw the prodigal son coming home, he ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him and he said, bring forth the best robe. And I know what the best robe is. You do too, don't you? That's the robe of righteousness. That's made out of the blood of Jesus. That's the red robe, isn't it? And uh, that's the one that saves and covers our, our, our spiritual nakedness and makes us whole and makes us different. And then we ought to begin to dress like Christians. We ought to begin to look like Christians. Put on that beautiful garment. Then he said something else. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him. Obedient feet. Now, I preached on a barefooted preacher. Brother Moses was a barefooted preacher. He took off his shoes at the burning bush. And uh, God did something for him because it was a sign of humility. He felt like he ought not to have, God said, pull off thy sandals. The ground on which you stand is holy. He did the same thing with Joshua. He told Joshua. And so there was two barefooted preachers. Listen, one of them led millions and millions of Israelites out of Egyptian bondage because he was humble, the meekest man on earth. And then Joshua led the children of Israel across the, uh, the Jordan River and then around the walls of Jericho, which had never been torn down and had been a constant uh, security for the people of God, for those people over there. And the, but the people of God, when they walked around, there wasn't a shot fired. There wasn't a spear raised. There wasn't a drop of blood shed. And yet, when the children of Israel... Ah, listen, I want to ask you something. Do you believe that God would honor faith like that today? Let me ask you something. Why is it that we can't have any more victories? Have we had any victories in our generation? Not to speak of. I'd say November 11, 1918, Armistice Day. Do you know what Armistice means? Cessation of conflict. It just ceased. It didn't end. It didn't end. Listen, war never ends until Jesus ends it. There will be wars and rumors of wars. You know why we're not going to have any peace in the world? It's because we don't have peace in our hearts with Jesus. There's enough war. You listen to me, and I know it. I can sense it. It's right here. There's enough war going on in this, right, this little group of girls right here to start a worldwide conflict right now. You, you'd, you'd be surprised what's going on in the lives and hearts of these little girls right here. Talk about killers and murderers and parent haters and anybody that hates your parents. You're a murderer. And I guarantee you, some of you, unless you come to know Jesus Christ, you'll go to your room, you may not say it out loud, you'd say, I hate this place. That's right. I, you know why? You're a murderer. You know what you're saying when you say that? And I'm, I say it in love and kindness. I'm trying to wake you up. I think about you. Seem like when I go to the window and look across at the dormitory and think about all of them and wonder if they're asleep and wonder if they're resting and wonder if they're saved. And there's been a sweet loneliness that's flooded my soul just to know that I'm right here in the middle of it. And the burden's been heavier than it's ever been. And the devil's been more real than he's ever been. That rascal's been on a tear, hadn't he? That's right. But I know he's listening. I got bad news for him. He can't make it. He can't make it. Ah, listen, he's in for it. I'm glad I'm not the devil. I've acted like him, but I'm glad I'm not like him. Oh, I'm glad that I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm glad my soul is hid with Christ in God. And I can't live outside the will of God. I wish y'all would wake up to that. You can't live 
except living so dangerously and without God's protection outside the will of God. God does not obligate, he does not obligate himself to take care of his children outside his will. His protection's on the inside. You step over on the inside, God says, stay right there, I'll take care of you. Oh, I know it's stormy. That's the thing that fools a lot of people. See, you get in the will of God and the storm breaks out and the conflict and the thunder and the lightning. That doesn't make a difference. He takes care of you in a storm. I'd rather be with him in a storm than without him outside of a storm. But did you know that when Jesus comes again, everybody's going to holler, peace and safety. Peace and safety. That's what, it's what the book said. They come and say, oh, peace. But to the little flower children, you know. You know. Smile. God loves you. Yeah. But don't smile. You won't have no smile till you get saved. A lot of time, a lot of time our little silly smile just on the outside. We better smile on the inside. That'll take care of the outside. Oh, I've been impressed with the heaviness of God's so-called children. I mean, just sit there. Many of them unmoved and unstirred and unstirrable. That's the thing that's sad. And so he said, wait, put on thy beautiful garments, O Zion. And he said, they that bear the vessels of the Lord must, or he said, be ye clean. Now then, verse 14, and I tell you, this is the, this is the place in the chapter where we'd pull off our shoes. And then we're going into the 54th chapter. As many, as many were astonished at thee, his visage, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. You know what he's talking about? Jesus. Jesus actually died the death of an old man. You know what they said to him? Thou art not yet 50 years old. Well, I guess he wasn't. He wasn't but 33. Why did they say he was 50? Huh? The burdens of a lost world had crushed him. He's bleeding on the inside. And we have every reason to believe, and even doctors have made an examination of the scripture and said that he died of a ruptured heart. And the songwriter said he died of a broken heart for you and me upon a tree. He died of a broken heart, not yet 50 years old. Carried the burdens. Listen, you girls that are just 13 and 14 and 15, you want to grow up? Ah, listen, you know, I I ask you how old you are. You don't say I'm 13, you'd say I'll be 14 next Christmas. (laughs) Huh? Why? Unless you old jaw, you'd say, you're really 16, you'd say, well, in 11 more months, I'm going to be 17. <laughs> Why? You're trying to grow up, aren't you? I wish I could say to the mothers, that's what's wrong with a lot of you little children. You grew them up too fast. They've lived in adult sin while they were little juveniles. They ought to have been playing with their dolls. They ought to have them a little... Cook stove. Maybe a little juicer. <laughs> yeah. But we haven't taught the little children. We just let them grow up like that. And now then, they're rebels. No way, brother, will offer us to hold or take care of her. Can't keep her anywhere. Boys, the same way. How come? Mother and dad 
told me, said, our, our daughter, our daughter wanted to go and get her apartment and we let her. And she's down to the bottom now. She's down to the bottom. Let me give you some advice. If you've got a Christian mother and daddy, stay with them just as long as you can. Because once you leave, you'll probably never get back. Never get back. You say, what if I got a bad mother and daddy? Pray for them till they get good. Love them. You'll never, listen, you'll never win your mother and daddy by criticizing them. Love them and pray for them and respect them. And you'd say, but they treated me horribly. You know why? The devil made them do it. Don't, don't get mad at him. Get mad at the devil. I tell you, that's helped me a whole lot with my enemies. And I need grace every day because we're dealing with some that are just so unreasonable all the time. But when you realize the misery, no matter what people may say about me or do to me, I still can pray and go sleep at night. They can't. They can't. Why? They got murder on their mind. And ugly. And they're stealers and cheaters. And now I want you to go in the 54th chapter. This is a challenge for our radio friends and for all of us here at the home. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Now here's the challenge of the book of Isaiah. I remember years ago when I was over at Culloden one morning at four o'clock in the morning. This was coupled together with that verse. Uh, make place, she's not dead. And we were praying for a place. And God led us out here to buy this 79 acres. Now then, verse 2, enlarge the place, enlarge the place of thy tent. Now, we've already got a place, haven't we? See, he gave us the place. He said, enlarge it now, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Now, a habitation is where you live, not where you die, it's where you live. And spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. You know what that means? It means to tighten everything up and to drive the stakes a little deeper. That's convictions. That's convictions. Somebody said, Brother Wolof, do you suppose maybe you'll ever let up on the conviction? No, go in a little deeper with them. You'd say, don't you believe, Brother Wolof, if you could kind of have more of a recreation center at the girls' home that you could get more girls and they'd be happier? Listen, your happiness does not depend on recreation. It depends on regeneration and sanctification. And you little old sweet girls, you know good and well, and you boys all out across this country in our home, you know that your mother and daddy gave you everything that money could buy. I mean, you had every kind of dress you wanted to wear, and you had all sorts of gifts and gadgets and trinkets and everything. Did it make you happy? No! You know why? You didn't have Jesus Christ as your Savior. I could be happy living in a haystack with Jesus. Under a mesquite tree with Jesus. I could be happy anywhere if I'm in touch with him. Because my happiness comes from him. The only thing ever makes me miserable is sin. Disobedience. I'll never be content. I said I'll never be content to live in sin. I never could live in sin and be happy. Notice what he said. Strengthen thy stakes. Strengthen your conviction. Drive the stakes deep. I mean spiritual stakes deep. And if you'll do it, they'll hold you. Tell you that old storm in the valley. It really tore up some trees. 
You say, was it the storm's fault? No, it's the tree's fault. It just revealed, you know, I, I noticed where the trees went down that there were some hollow places on the inside that hadn't been properly fed. They didn't have the proper strength and they, were, they weren't ready for the storm. And you know, I really, I felt a sense of satisfaction as I walked through the groves and looked and I saw some trees down and then I saw so much of the old riffraff fruit laying on the ground. Those old peckers, you know, that uh, got those old blackbirds, you know, they came in and they pecked it. And that stuff that hung there and just dried up and sort of sapped the tree and, and, and made it look, boy, they were all in on. You know why a lot of people fall off? It's because they've been pecked by the devil. And the little breeze comes or the storm comes and we say, horrible storm. No, God was just shaking off the unnecessary. He's laying on the ground. And that's what's happened to y'all. That's the reason you better get storm proof before you leave here. You better get strong enough to stand. You better get your stakes driven down. You know that the insurance company won't insure a trailer unless she's tied down. Did you know you got to get that tie down kit and go over the trailer and maybe a couple of places, something like that, and, and stake that thing down so she'll stand? That's what we're talking about here. God doesn't promise to insure or secure your life unless you drive some stakes down. Now you just go ahead and drift through and laugh and refuse to memorize the scripture when the storm comes, you'll never stand. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.